Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. A happy, happy, joyous 2020 New Year. This is January 4th, 2020, and the repeat will be January 9th at 6 to 7 a.m., and we have a brand new panel that's kicking off 2020 for Talk Cosmos, and it's called the Cosmic Moon Panel, and it'll integrate every month the new moon and the full moon, which happens approximately two weeks apart. And the full moon's always in the opposite sign. And these energies manage to give us quite a bit of insights and and direction in the month. And so I'm very excited to actually begin 2020 in this new venture as a discussion with myself and two other astrologers, which will be familiar to you of those that have been listening because they have been with me on various occasions. And you can always check at Talk Cosmos and find out about all the astrologers, including these two with their contact information. They give classes and they give consultations and various other wonderful abilities and capacities that each one of them hold. And those two astrologers are Elizabeth Mouchette of Camino Island and Marysville in Washington just north of Seattle, and Sarah Stromley of Redmond, Washington. And so this, and I will tell a little bit more about them in just a moment, but this solar eclipse, in fact, they're not just the new moon and the full moon, but they're solar eclipses because it does relate to the nodes. And for those non-astrologers, that's something to find out, but it is very amazing energies. They're points and they're in Capricorn and Cancer right now, so all our eclipses are in those signs. And at Christmas, here on the West Coast, Pacific time, it was in the evening on Christmas Day, December 25th at 9.13 p.m. However, if you're on the East Coast, Eastern time, that would be three hours later. So it would be right after midnight on the 26th at 13 degrees 13 minutes after. And so that one was at four degrees Capricorn. We're speaking on the fourth. So this is right inside this solar eclipse season, as it's so often called. Because on the 10th, which will be the day after our repeat show on the morning of Thursday, the 9th, is this lunar eclipse. And that will be in Cancer, and it is 20 degrees Cancer. And on the West Coast, it'll be 11, 21 a.m. And Eastern Time, it will be, oh, you know what? I did a backward thing. It will be later. It will be at 1 o'clock, 12, 12, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 21. Sometimes it's hard to know which way you go forwards and backwards, but they are later than we are. Thank you. Yes as far as time goes. And just to mention here, 
that if you go to talkcosmos.com, at the bottom of the page is a time converter. So I've given you on the United States, West and East Coast. But if you're over in Hawaii or in Europe or down in Australia or India, I have who wherever, you just go down to Talk Cosmos and there'll be a little time conversion and you can find out because these shows are live on the Saturday evening, 6 to 7 p.m., or Thursday, 6 to 7 a.m. And at the radio station, 1150 KKNW, you can find that time zone. I mean, it's live. It's live at that moment with a live button. Otherwise, there's Podcast One. The archives are all available as a podcast or on any of your favorite ones. And again, you find all of that out on Talk Cosmos. And by the way, Please do, if you're most interested in keeping up with us, subscribe. There's a simple little subscribe, and we'll keep you updated as to when this cosmic moon panel continues, as it will for Aquarius and Pisces, and then on to our third season. And We'd like to keep in touch. So that's very exciting from our standpoint. Let me tell you about these two wonderful astrologers. Elizabeth Mouchette is a certified astrologer. She has classes live and online and does consultations. She's an intuitive tarot reader involved with or without her astrology. She's a co-author of Gateways to Change 2018 and Beyond, the keys to navigating the seas of life using numerology and astrology, just published this last August. Elizabeth does craniosacral energy work, polarity, and ginseng therapy. She's a hypnotherapist and international Reiki master teacher. Many, many amazing credentials and perspectives that she lends through her 40 years of, of, of service and therapies. Sarah Stromley is an evolutionary astrologer, crani- although she studies many other aspects. She does medical astrology, horary, and I know there's more very pertinent electic uh, skills as, as many astrologers are doing. We kind of lend and blend to, to, to find out more all the time. It's a consistent process. So Sarah is a cranial sacral, I was going to say sacred, cranial sacral therapist and instructor, and she blends botanical essences, flowers, and more than flowers, incorporated into her consultations. She's the founder of Brain Body Therapy, and she studies, as I say, astrocartography besides the medical and horary. Both Liz and Sarah have been on past episodes and with many conversations way we're going to start this off is each one of us are going to in just briefly initiate a, a perspective that we feel is burning to speak. That's one way to put it, or just wanting to be introduced for this Capricorn Cancer energy. And I'll start off, and then we'll thread all our conversation throughout it. And for myself... Capricorn, of course, speaks of karma. And really, it is a matter of looking at what's the timeline. That's the question. Because essentially, if you look at some of these energies as we will bring out, 
these energies have not happened for 500 years since the 1500s when Martin Luther did his reforma- was involved in the Reformation and all that huge thinking process that also started uh, very uh, Enlightenment thinking and et cetera. I mean, not that they're that connected, but it, it, there are, is evolu- evoluted thought. And before that, it was back with Plato's time. So it's a crystallization of our thinking patterns over eons of time. And where have we gone wrong in the sense that that seed needs to be burnt, buried, composted, and where can it live and flourish, which it can be. So that's my nutshell. Elizabeth, Liz, what's your nutshell? <laughs> well, I want to welcome in the new decade. And, you know, we're in very wonderful and interesting times. And all this Capricorn energy is asking us to restructure and review what our foundation is and to make new changes. So I think this is really exciting. Oh, good. Onward, forward. I agree. It, yes. And Sarah. I think this Capricorn energy is a lot about building, building things, creating form and structure to things that we've been considering and pondering and dreaming about. So, um, but there's, you know, a willingness to do the work and a willingness to take responsibility that's very important with all of this. So there can be consequences when corners are cut and things are ignored, especially intuitive flags that are bypassed or ignored. So, Boy, this is exciting. It all threads together immediately when you consider that what goes down must get built up or rejected and rebirthed. So, and I know in each of our own lives, this has certainly been the point. In fact, I was I get various, you know, we all do, many of us astrologers. We keep up with other astrologers. It's this communicative art. And Philip Sedgwick, a wonderful astrologer in Nevada, um, was just commenting on a quick little note here that the Lunar South Node uh, on the 8th of January is going to be conjunct Jupiter so we have these huge energies. Jupiter, I know Ceres is a real active, which is a, an asteroid. There's, there's Eris. I mean, there's other really dynamic energies here that aren't just our nine planets that we think about. Well, and so many cycles are reactivating and renewing because of Saturn, Pluto, conjunction in the sky we haven't had that for um, since 1982 in November so that's kind of like a 33 to a 38 year time frame um, Saturn's in Capricorn again that's a 28 to 29 year cycle Jupiter has returned to Capricorn that's a 12 year cycle so all these cycles culminating and the nodes being in Cancer and Capricorn that happens about every 19 years so it's like so many powerful activations of the planets Um, so it's really wanting to break down what isn't built on a solid foundation to rebuild 
Well, let's look at some of these things, what they could be. It's just amazing. I know, Sarah, you were bringing up the fixed stars, which we briefly were looking at because there's many ways to look at it, but some of them really did seem pretty potent. And offhand, you had brought up, I think, one on each of the nodes. There was one fasces, which we don't usually think about, but it's 08 Capricorn, which is the same as the south node. And that isn't one that I've, I, I don't think it's bright enough to really, there's, there isn't a lot documented about it, so I didn't oh. really want to speak to it. Okay. Yet, I, but I would say that um, Castor and Pollux are, are themes that are playing out, um, even though those are considered to be the, the mortal and immortal twins. Um, from our geocentric standpoint, because, you know, I always jokingly say it's more our egocentric <laughs> standpoint that the universe revolves around us, um, <laughs> that the uh, the stars, those fixed stars that would be in the constellation of Gemini or, um, or even related to Canis Major are transiting um, or conjunct Castor is exactly conjunct the moon for this eclipse. And I like it. Castor is the mortal one of the two twins. And for health reasons, that relates more to the left brain and more logical thinking that can be thinking priority and steps and how to get there logically. Um, and Pollux is just far enough along to be exactly opposed that Pluto-Saturn conjunction. To, and that's the more right brain intuitive side of things. So it's, again, a warning to me that there could be things that are, for those that are in, in authority, and those that are in positions of making big decisions, um, especially with Jupiter there on the, well, in Seattle, it's exactly on the midheaven. Having this theme of go big or go home, (laughs) maybe you should go home. (laughs) Well, well, you know, Um, that that does kind of keep up with the theme that I had, escape hatch, you know, in a way, because there is really over and out type how to get through how to yeah there's just there seems to be some red flags or warnings that are just being generally overlooked easily at this time so i would encourage people to really pay attention to the signs well i have signals that things aren't right Mm. well that's interesting. I don't know that. It's a little food for thought. I think when it's true, I think one has to, well, the fact that Uranus is in Taurus always gets us back to our authentic values. And it's um, a significator. Well, I say significator, but it's in this chart for, you know, between the two charts, um, quite at two degrees Taurus or early Taurus, it's <coughs> it's trining 
all that Capricorn energy to begin with. And then um, because if you don't look at the signs, as you're saying, then there can be disruptions that just toss us in that direction, you know. But I'm thinking what the I love the idea of Castor and Pollux because this signifies to me that other part of Capricorn and what you're saying, the fact that they're with cancer, because Capricorn, whatever gets crystallized, and this must be with the rebuilding that we were bringing up that, Liz, you mentioned and that you, Sarah, did in each of your perspectives, that it it depends on the, and, and going back to values, for what purpose have we been building with a sea goat to the top? You know, has it been for only oneself's claim of fame and, and energy and purpose and validation? Or is it for the group, which is the next sign of, of, of Aquarius that the ancients also thought Saturn ruled and that now Uranus does for authenticity, which is one way of looking at it. But... The fact is, is that if we're, again and again, I've heard other astrologers, which has been always my thought, that being as we are beings of spirit, spirits incarnated, that we have this intuitive side. And so the fact that Castor and Pollux, the, the proverbial twins of communication between the spirit of below, you know, the underworld where one died in their tail and the, the immortal had to want, could not live without. Um, so they were unified in different themes, whether it was for a day or a time traveling back and forth. So that's our energy, too, is connecting with our spirit and, and maybe looking into the past as to where did we fall off from the spiritually connected? Yeah, with any full moon, there's there's a tension there. That's that opposition of, you know, what is creating vitality, what's creating energy versus what's supporting the core needs of the person, and and that could include emotionality and all that. the The sense of and Capricorn, the dynamic of Capricorn and Cancer is family and mother-father. That dynamic as far as, you know, who's, who's nurturing and who's setting the boundaries as well. So that opposition um, seems to be very intense at this particular time. And... Uh, there seems to be also a a square to Juno, which is an asteroid that is involves Hera, the the wife of Zeus, who is trying to frequently call into question particular boundaries with things. And so, I think there's a dynamic of saying, "Whoa, let's check in here." Um, this a particular eclipse cl- path goes over Tokyo. That's where you can see it the most distinctly. And I was reading a, n- a recent news article in Hong Kong 
there's been a number of suicides that have been happening because of such extreme work conditions that in these electronic businesses that are um, and factories and that type of thing in China. So there's been, even though there was American leadership that went over to examine those conditions, they didn't do anything about it. And then there was eight more suicides that occurred very recently, even after that. So um, I think there's this dynamic of people, you know, it was mostly a protest to saying, you know, we can't work 14 to 16 hour days with a 30 minute break anymore. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And, you know, um, you know, just the work life balance, like, you know, we can, you know, if you want us to make more taxpayers and you have to be able to give the time and care so that they know how to read, know how to write, know how to function as a, and have developed great behavioral skills and have a level of emotional intelligence. And you can't do that when parents are working multiple jobs or crazy hours as, as this dynamic of do more, bigger, better, faster. So I think there's this dynamic of really for, wanting to call all of this into question. Yeah, for the, material. The, the work-life balance. Exactly. And then um, Pluto and Saturn are very prominent in the full moon chart of the eclipse because they're only a couple of degrees away. And it's like, I liked how you said go home because Pluto is kind of asking you to let things transform and have a rebirth. And whether that's, you know, to start fresh and new or to pass on to the next dimension, it can work both ways. Yeah. So it's, we're in exciting times and times of a lot of change is happening. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, just looking at the news, I, I often bring little clippings, but I didn't even do that. There's so much information right now. And, I, you know, looking back, we brought up this fact that the 1500s with Martin Luther and then back around 300 B.C., and I, I, that year is off. It's somewhere in the 300s where I think Confucius and Plato, big, you know, of thinkers of amazing spiritual essence, in both cases have that this times is paralleling. And so all these events, such as the boundaries that you brought up, Sarah, you know, with the parental thinking and and. And and those are just what I'm really wanting to emphasize is that it's this the spirituality that kept coming forth, and I think is coming forth now. From what I understand, there's a greater energy that's being recognized further and further. That so that we aren't isolated, you know, whether it's through the communication, like you say, with the Gemini twins, communication telling us. Um, and in this new cycle, because a lot of it is the struggle with the focus on materialism and that within ourself. And Pluto, as you say, you know, Liz, reminding us, it's purging. A friend of mine, a dear friend I've known for so long, 
not into astrology at all, but we were chatting, and she sent me this little cartoon that she just loved, which is so unusual. She doesn't do, but there is this man taking off the calendar, you know, turn of the, turn of the year, throwing, tossing it, it says toss, into the waste paper basket, then striking a match, burning it, and then says purge, 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 purge. <laughs> it is, really. <laughs> well, in blending the spiritual with the mundane life, and the family with the work life. I think we're re- taking looks at that of how it's been working everywhere in the world of like, you know, at Hong Kong and China, they work too much. And so they need to have some family time and together time and personal time. And how oftentimes here in the United States, people will work right through their vacations and won't even take a oh. vacation. Um, but from my understanding in Europe, it's pretty much mandatory that you take your vacation, usually a vacation is a month, not just a week or 10 days or two weeks. It's a lot longer. So, per, you know, merging those energies together to create yeah. a new paradigm. Exactly, that word. In fact, there's Philip Lindsay. This is a different Philip than Philip Sedgwick. And he's pretty esoteric. So it's a long email that he sends out. But here's a little snippet. Capricorn holds in itself the seeds of death and finality. When crystallization has reached a certain degree of density and so-called hardness, because it is a mineral, it's earth too, we remember, that's by Lilith's side, it is easily shattered and destroyed. So, so therefore, those of that Capricorn energy brings about its own destruction. So... Uh, and, and the karma, and that goes into the karma business of it. So we are, there's so many stories of, 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 of beginning and ending. We will take a brief break away. This is the 4th of January, repeating on the 9th, Talk Cosmos. Do sign up, and you're speaking at, on Talk Cosmos. You'll see it, and... The guests tonight are Sarah Stromley of Redmond and Liz Elizabeth Mouchette of Camino Island and Marysville. Thank you. Be right back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Capricorn, ruled by Saturn, the furthest visible planet by the eye. By leaving a cycle based on meaningfulness and truth, Capricorn's energy establishes social boundaries in a structure incorporating rules, authority, and ethics. As a cardinal earth sign depicted by a sea goat climbing from the sea up to the top of a mountain, Capricorn overcomes fears through goals and ambitions to achieve mastery. Hi there, this is Shannon Hayes from Seattle, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer 
And you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Hello again and welcome again. This is January 4th, Talk Cosmos, and we're talking about Cosmic Moon Panel with Liz Mouchette and Sarah Stromley and myself, Sue Rose Minahan. And we've been talking about the full moon of Capricorn around the holidays, right at Christmas and after. And now coming up on the 10th, this remarkable stellium with all these planets in Capricorn. That's an immense time since the axial time of 300 BC. And then again with the Reformation, it's huge. And of course, we'll be talking about it all the time. I mean, when we, I mean, astrologers in this world, as we're trying to understand, because as uh, Talk Cosmos, I might bring up, the purpose of Talk Cosmos is connecting intention and meaningfulness to better understand our free will. So I really am thrilled to have this panel with both Liz and Sarah to talk about the moon energy. The moon is our source of emotion and our private world and our families in the beginning it's it's so potent and right now we're all in this energy of the north node in cancer finishing it up until may where these energies are still how we are transforming well it's one way to look at it it's one evolutionary way to look at it so and i'll before i just one other comment i want to make as we're coming back, is that it has been thought that because Capricorn is a material earth sign, it is the 10th sign of the horoscope, but that really, in many ways, what we can give to ourself is this energy of the connective, of working, you might say, of the lunar part, too, of relationships and creating uh, a network of giving. And, and again, it's like, why do we have the materialism we have? For what purpose? Okay, so with that, hello again, Elizabeth, Liz, and Sarah. It's such a pleasure to be here again tonight. Yeah, thank you, Sue. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to all this. We, you both come up with wonderful viewpoints. And so if... Now, Sarah, you were mentioning you had a couple of flowers that you wanted to bring up that might be helpful for people through these Yeah, I, I was going through my inventory and I was asking the question of, you know, what is really useful and kind of speaks to this particular time and this particular eclipse that's happening on January 10th. And there was one that was pulling for me to mention, and it, it's called Solomon's Seal. It's also known as drop berry or seal wart or seal root. Hmm. Um, it's a delicate white bell-like flower that appears in the deep wet regions of North American forests. It's given the name Solomon's Seal since the, a dead fallen flower looks like the sixth seal of King Solomon. The American Indians and ancient herbalists have used the roots of this plant as a tonic for stubborn conditions like lung disorders, 
difficult bone healing, inflammation, bruising, edema, hemorrhoids, various mucus-type conditions. And it even has a cosmetic effect of lightening the skin of freckles and skin discoloration. So I only suggest working with an herbalist or doctor for proper dosage, though, and avoiding prescription complications there. But as a flower essence, um, I may prescribe for certain instances of clearing mental fog and self-denial. It powerfully awakens intuition, opening the etheric third eye, so to speak. So for those willing, they can clearly see the whole truth of the matter. And it's even possible to become aware of the very beginning source of an issue and how and where it flows and where it deposits to. So that's where, yeah, so where Solomon's seal essence is most activated is when people are taking this and repeating, I'm willing to see the whole truth, no matter how difficult this may be. What do I need to know? That is so pertinent. In fact, I'm wearing blue today. Blue is supposed to be to see the truth. I took color Sweet. energy work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes when you see the truth, it's like your own truth that may be not so truthful. So what you're saying too correlates with that. And that's really the Capricorn energy that we're all talking about. Because if it's crystallized, if it breaks, it's because it didn't have enough support, really. And what what isn't the support? It's linking into our intuitive. And because Again and again, we realize that since the 1500s with Age of uh, Enlightenment, I mean, granted, everything happens for purposes, so it's not that it's demonized by any purpose, but if it's accentuated too much without that give and take, it becomes unhealthy, it's unbalanced. And so to only say, I think and therefore I am, it doesn't give that, it's a linear process. And what I'm getting at is, is that we are this intuitive self that is, just plain is. And, the, and the, they can work in tandem. And so bringing up flowers is another way of realizing that there's many ways of being supported. It's not just looking at charts. And even if I'm looking at charts, there's an intuitiveness one learns with things. And it's not strange. It's part of who we are. And I, so I... That's wonderful. I, that that will be quite an insightful. There was another uh, one called spotted coral root, and it's an orchid that grows in dark, swampy regions and feeds entirely off of decaying matter, through which through a unique relationship between parasites and fungus instead of the usual photosynthesis of sunlight. And it's been studied and used medicinally in instances of antibiotic resistance and those experiencing hormonal or biochemical shifts that accompany dramatic mood swings. So spotted coral root speaks to me at this time for how it grants a greater awareness and, and the need of a message of dis-ease. And when working with clients, I often find just the recognition of disease is many times based upon the timing of a painful condition or situation when that came into full awareness. With this recognition, the very lesson of disease can bring a message and quickly on subtle levels. So, you know, that particular issue is no longer necessary 
to appear physically. Yes. And spotted coral essence supports the quickening of that awareness of why we create pain and and allows a decom- decomposition and breakdown for something more useful. Well, those are both very supportive. Thank you, Sarah. That's Sarah Stromley. And you can find out about her at Talk Cosmos. It's same with Liz Mouchette. And, you know, that, that brings up some of the, the going to the chart now. Uh, on the 10th of January, um, because I was just thinking offhand, Ceres and Eris I know are important. But, Liz, I know you've looked at that quite a bit. Other than that, what, what points do you think are Well, it's an interesting point. chart here for Seattle. Um, because Cancer is in its natural house, the fourth house, and Capricorn's in its natural house, the tenth house. So again, it's emphasizing family, your foundation, uh, your emotional nature, and the tenth house, your career, how you're seeing um, public image. So, um, and since all that Capricorn's in that tenth house of public image and work, I would say that a lot of us are going to have job changes, career changes, um, maybe some big self-improvement, um, changing our image. That's a big part of that. And then um, the chart ruler is Aries, which is ruled by Mars. And Mars is in a fire sign, Sagittarius. So having the energy to put into making those changes that are required or necessary. Um, it's like if you haven't been cleaning out your your closets, your house, your life, um, your work life, all of it, it's like it. I think it's going to come as a big surprise in the next month or two. If you haven't done that, it might be a big wake-up call to make those adjustments that you haven't been making or resisted to make to that um, your job may just be sold or the job might just go away, as an example. That doesn't mean that that will happen, but it's a possibility. I think we see little within the community of our own friendships, changes occurring in families and in jobs and in living conditions. So this is, these possibilities are examples, but pertinent. And one does, and this, again, just to mention to people, we're speaking of the East Coast, that's where not East Coast, on the West Coast, thank you. We're here on the West Coast. We're not, yes. And that's where the rising sun is in Aries. So these planets are like, almost like in whole signs. They're like in the the house that they would naturally be in, really accentuating, like you say, these energies. And a client mm -hmm. the other day that had lived in, rented a, a house for 20 years and the people decided to sell it and the client that I have is not, in the position to buy the house, so now they she has to find a new place to live, and she wasn't expecting that. So, you know, there's yeah, just these big changes that are happening. It's again and again. And the full moon to me is about a fulfillment time, and we're in the year 2020. So, seeing, having clear vision, releasing, understanding the process knowing what adjustments need to be made and having the energy and the strength to make them. It's about putting finishing touches on things and completing undone work. Yeah, I guess really when it comes to Capricorn, 
because we're coming from that energy. We're trying to incorporate this Cancerian energy, which right now the, the lunar eclipse will be on the 10th, but generally we're in that nodal energy. It Okay, Sue, now where were we going with this? <laughs> it was so clear to me. Um, with okay, it, okay, it's work. That's it. Capricorn is essentially, you, people can speak about it if one isn't Capricorn, because we all have Saturn, we all have Capricorn somewhere in our house. It's something we're all part of the human species. But how we implement and how we accept these things. So when you're saying, take the steps and the courage, it's like really realize that, because I know for myself, I've been back to that purging cartoon I talked about. Boy, it's endless. I just went through my closet today. I've been going through files. I have newspaper clippings I'm going through. I'm going, but it's endless and it's, but it's significant. And I think that energy just to realize, okay, it's work today, work today, work today, because it won't be for the next 10 years. It's going to shift, but done now clears the way. Yes, opens those new doorways. It's wonderful. So let's talk about, let's look at either Eris or Ceres. Eris is the one that, like back to the truth of of the herbs, the flowers you were mentioning, Sarah, and the blue that I was talking about for truth was the goddess of discord because she was not invited to this wonderful occasion of... um, in mythology, and so she threw an apple to the fairest, and there was this big war, and eventually, because she was given Helen, the sister, to actually cast her and, and, and Pollux, because, you know, there were two sets of twins. There was, Paul, there was Helen and Clemestria, which were also immortal and mortal. But the fact was, there was a big war, but the Trojan War, but because Helen was already married to somebody. But anyway, that's who Paris it's a, was given he, because he chose Venus, Aphrodite, instead of Hera and Athena. So much for wisdom and so much for power. It's like, you know, basically we are a lot about relationships and attraction. And, and so the point was is that it was discord. So discord, not because... She stirs, well, because there's a question being asked that people are, then have a conflict about. And in a sense, that's what our world today is. We have so many incidences. I mean, because we're so close together, you know, through communication and through our, our needs and our resources, that there's lots to argue about if we look at the priorities just for themselves. So discord rather than unity. And Ceres, she's someone that says, okay, we're going to stop the food process. You know, we're going to have a little famine here because, well, I'm going into mythology. So rather than say that, where do we see these in the chart? Can we? I don't see Eris listed. Yeah, maybe I don't have this on this chart. Well, Ceres is in Capricorn at 21 degrees, so it's really close to that Saturn-Pluto conjunction She's right in the mix yes series oh, wow. is mm-hmm. yes so you know 
our food labels change January 1st. So we have um, on a package what is a single serving and what is the whole package. Oh. So that was a big change. So, so that would kind of be a Sarah's type of thing a to measurement. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. A measurement. Yeah, a measurement limitations. With our food. Yes. And yeah. with food going to the opposite of cancer. Absolutely. Yeah, I've noticed that there's a lot of ingredients that they, a lot of labels don't even have to list mm-hmm. anymore, even fewer than before. I was looking at artichokes. I love artichokes, and I have marinated artichokes. It's like a big treat. I was at Costco's. They gave me a little bath. Okay, I'll splurge. I'll get these. So I'm looking at them. I'm sure they have some nutriments. Zip. I mean, it's not that they don't have nutriments, but they don't list it. <laughs> yeah, so like, it, it can be Google scary it. if you are a person that has certain allergies and you specifically need to look for certain things and oh. it's just not there. Well, then again, it's accountability and karma in a strange sense, perhaps, that we need to take, like you brought the responsibility, which is so essential to the Capricorn energy. It's like really, if anything gets done, it has to be with ourselves. You know, instead of projecting out to whoever else. And doing the research to find out what is in something because sometimes they'll name it something else, but it's, oh, yeah. it could be something that you're allergic to, but you have to know what the 500 names are that can be used for that particular thing that's Sugar you're allergic to. Sugar is a to. huge one like that. It goes into maldrex and glucose and... Oh, yeah, they have probably 20 names for sugar yes, or more. Very, and they might have s- certain differences chemically, but yet it all zeroes back down to that well and maybe it's about eating things that really come from the ground that aren't Mm. packaged and put that you add water or throw in the microwave or you know maybe we'll get back to some good clean cooking perhaps yeah the ascent the essence of whole foods (laughs) well and the farmers markets are growing like crazy so they are in fact i was just reading about a dairy organic dairy, Strauss, that's actually down in California. But up here in Washington, we have PCC, which is Pacific Community Co-op. Thank you, Co-op. And it's been around since the 60s. It's evolved. It's a really nutritious, sturdy store that offers quite a bit. And And so the point was is that this family had a remarkable history but they were learning to change the manure into energy. Again, it, that's just one little facet of it, but that actually small organic farms could be such an instrument for helping with climate and everything. Well, in the communities and not having to uh, truck stuff many states or even many countries Mm. if you can grow it near your home or your community or a greenhouse that's very helpful because farming and this is so much with Uranus and Taurus because Uranus is well sky but it's also community it's it wouldn't it be you know it's Mm -hmm. an elevation and and elevate or I'm kind of getting the Aquarian ideas into it well, but, but you got to remember, Uranus is in Taurus and it goes direct the same day. That's what I was pointing. So, yeah. oh, Taurus right. is about earth and food, and gardening. So, I think that that's my point. where we're being led. We just didn't say what the planets, yes, and the sign were to incorporate yeah, and the right that. values of it. Mm-hmm. And it is 
trine. It's a it has been supportive of of uh, Jupiter, which is just you know the the big picture of perspective and and philosophy. So we're changing our ideas. Well, and then the the moon and the north node in the sign of Cancer it could be to make the changes now that we need to do to sustain for our children, our grandchildren, mm-hmm. our great-grandchildren to come. Cancer's moon especially is just one that's very security-minded and very, it can be very scared and small, especially in an eclipse standoff with Saturn and Pluto opposing it. And so I just wanted to give a a mantra that might be good to repeat um, that I am an unbounded spirit. My spirit can be unbounded in space and I am becoming good again. Oh, that's nice. Because that is a theme that I was reading with that's kind of woven into the the caster Mm -hmm. um, and even Apollo and Artemis are tied into that. They're interchangeable with the, the different myths with Castor and Pollux. So. Aren't they brother and sister, Artemis and Apollo, I think? Yeah. Apollo is the sun god, and Artemis is the huntress. Yeah. But yet, they, in ancient mythologies, it's almost like the, and then she's related with the moon sometimes. You know, it's it's such an integral part of our well, ancient lore i mean well not i don't mean it that way i mean i really believe in the astrology of communication go ahead liz (laughs) uh, eclipses are like a full moon or a new moon on steroids they're like four or five times more powerful than a regular new or full moon but we have a lot of very powerful new and full moons so but these are superpowers (laughs) you know there are crises happening around the world now i guess we'll have to put this together we have only a few minutes so our other talks because i was just noting you know we have water shortages and there's fires and there's there's major issues that we're all dealing with that are putting us into needs to shift and 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 rework so this is just to be realistic about all this because capricorn is also realistic i want to mention that next week is our other cosmic it's the cosmic collaboration panel and that will be again with shannon hayes and amanda pierce and it's in capricorn and it the title will be trading traditions because it will be more encompassing this whole uh, capricorn energy and of course it is on the 11th which is just the day before the day after the lunar eclipse and the day before Saturn and Pluto have this major conjunction with about five other planets that we've all been talking about since the axial age of 300 BC and 1500s, (laughs) and we're all in this mix. (laughs) (laughs) Row, row, row your boat. And I am with tonight Liz Mouchette and Sarah Stromley of the Seattle area. And do go on Talk Cosmos and find out Liz has quite a few events that she has up in Marysville. 
There's a monthly astrology update that she does on the first Friday of the month. The ABCs of astrology, a course that she does in February. She does transits. Uh, she does Tuesday tarot and tea. And she even has a book signing for that wonderful book that she did up in Port Townsend coming on February 2nd. So, And then her own cycles and timing using the moon. So you can check out Liz at A Light Path, and she has all her uh, things there. And Sarah, contact Sarah who, for the cranial sacral, and her she's venturing out on a new dim, with courses coming up and, and other energies, so we'll keep in touch, but always does a lot of work with incorporating other flowers I enjoy those. You can eat them, too, although I don't think she talks about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I always like to advise people not to eat flowers oh, unless they're I, specifically. I, I saw <laughs> yeah, a, an Italian chef, $500, and one of them was eating nothing but little petals. He has 35 chefs. It was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's I a hope short that list goes of, to of ones that things. are Oh, edible. we have two minutes. Our wonderful sound engineer is briefing me. I'm so glad for it. We have real teamwork here. Well, Liz, Sarah, if you Thank have you. something to say, yes. Well, I would say with this um, eclipse to let your talents be shown because a lot of us have kept them under wraps or we haven't opened up and to the public or even sometimes our friends or family. And it's like, let your light shine. Ooh. It is now is the time. I like that. It's like break through the fears and go to your goals and just and center inside. Yeah, that's beautiful. I would second that. Um, that that Mars and Sagittarius wants you to aim high. <laughs> and yeah, um, goody. Just a, we'll it, and the energies of an eclipse is Anything that happens within like a three-week window on either side of it can have long-lasting reverberations. So Make notes. That's good. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Liz. Thank and you we'll be back me. on the 8th. I think it's the 8th of February. And next week on the 11th, the other Cosmic panel. We love you all. Thank you so much. Sign up. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.